0: east coast time uh what's today wednesday every every day kind of seems like they overlap they're all similar days so it's a wednesday uh april 1st uh as promised we're trying to bring everybody as up-to-date information related to what's going on in the local real estate investment community that's what we focus on on this show we don't necessarily focus on coronavirus or a lot of other unfortunate things we want to be optimistic um we want to share our opinions, but at the same time, we want to be optimistic of what's going on in the real estate market and bring everybody up to date info as we see it kind of in real time. So a few things we're going to discuss today. We're going to go through um, some essential and non-essential businesses, mostly as they relate to real estate uh, in general. Obviously, these are our opinions the way that we uh, have, have read it through some of the stuff that Hogan's released, as, as well as uh, some people related uh, to Maryland associations or realtors. So we're going to talk about that. And we have Jack Resnick on the line and we're gonna bring him up here soon. And he's gonna talk about uh, how owners of rental properties are dealing with their individual tenants that they have and the move in process and can tenants move? Can they move in, can they move out? You know What's going on uh, with rental properties and tenants in particular related to that. And we're gonna end with what we have been seeing uh, locally inside our community, uh, mostly focused on the DMV and what we've seen locally uh, over the last few days uh, as things have changed inside our community, uh, and we'll bring all that up to date. So cool, Ian, you ready to roll?
1: Yeah, let's rock and roll.
0: Uh, let me bring Jack up here real quick. He's on the line. Uh, let me unmute you, Jack. There you go. Are you good, Jack? Can you hear us? I'm good. Can you guys hear me?
1: Okay, yeah, we're Yeah, we're good.
2: Awesome. First of oh, all, well, thank you, you so much ahead. for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. So, I run a company called Platinum Realty Advisors. We uh, specialize in consulting and leasing, uh, specializing in the voucher market. Um, so, just want to talk about that a little bit how the market has changed, um, what our clients are doing to make it through this time, and then, of course, what our tenants are doing and if um, new tenants are still hitting the market. Um, so, we were very fortunate that our market didn't really feel the, um, the impact of this until, until really this week. Uh, This is the first thing we've been seeing that tenants are a little bit more reluctant to come out and see properties in person. Uh, We've implemented virtual showings. Um, Hasn't really been, you know, we found it tough for tenants to commit just based on, uh, you know, pictures, videos, or even a video, a live video walkthrough. Um, We've been doing what we call safety showings, meaning that one agent shows up with one tenant, opens the property, turns the lights on, the tenant walks through. um, And basically no contact, nobody in the same room at the same time um but again it, it has been slowing down a little bit um as far as our current clients um what they're doing i mean you know the value of voucher tenants and voucher programs are really um really showing themselves now that you know hat payments are still going out of scheduled, and um you know thank god most of our landlords are still um are still doing okay uh, we've been reaching out to any of our tenants um, any of our clients tenants that have large rent portions and just making sure that um, you know if they did lose their job or they got furloughed or laid off that they are submitting the proper change of income information to the respective housing office um the housing offices on their part are although they're working remotely they're still you know processing any changes of income reasonably quickly um, because of the situation meaning as long as the tenant files for a change of income let's say today um their rent portion will be adjusted for may um, which should make it a little easier on them then of course um, our landlord should see a nice increase in their, uh, in their HAP payments, um, which we of course hope will allow them to continue to pay their mortgages. And then when all this is over, still have a, a solid cash flowing performing portfolio, um, to be able to leverage for, um, you know, to continue to buy rental. Um, you know, some of the things we've been doing now, trying to get tenants in the door, um, basic moving incentives, uh, it's just like reduced security deposits. Uh, sometimes we the security deposit if the portion, you know, if the tenant's the voucher ten portion is under, you know, a certain amount um, that we feel comfortable with. Um, we've been holding properties now for 30 days with a holding fee as opposed to our usual seven days. Um we're pretty much just doing everything we can to um, market as much as we can, build our lead list as much as we can, and make sure that um, once this is all over, um, we'll be able to move, you know, as quickly as possible to place these people and. Um, and get all our landlords vacant properties filled quickly um you know as far as the market itself there's still plenty of voucher holders looking uh it's more about they're reluctant to come out to see properties but there's still a plenty of active voucher holders um and we think that once this opens up or and the housing the baltimore city housing office reopens um there's going to be a massive flood of voucher holders on the market um it'll probably be an administrative nightmare for the first 30 days for them to get uh, kind of get back on top of everything um, but ultimately, we think it'll translate into a booming um, voucher rental market once this once this opens up. Uh, um, just to run you guys through the voucher programs real quick, I mean, Baltimore City Section 8 uh, is currently closed for new business. meaning All inspections are canceled, and they're not processing new RFTAs. Uh, however, we, they have been allowing us to sign leases. Um, that's been done remotely, especially if they've been emailing all the documents. We've been signing leases with tenants and getting HAP contracts processed. So that's that's really really good news, uh, especially for most of our investors whose bread and butter is in Baltimore City. Um, that we can still somewhat um, you know continue to operate um, for now. Uh, Baltimore County Section 8 is still fully operational. They've been made, um, they're extremely efficient program, and um, they've been processing vouchers quickly. Um, initial inspections, annual inspections are canceled, but initial moving inspections are still taking place. Um, and we've, you know, we've been, you know, from when we submit the voucher until we sign a lease for Baltimore County has been, you know, on average about seven to 10 days, uh, as opposed to the usual two to three weeks. Um, BRHP, which is the Baltimore Regional Housing Partnership, I'm sure most of you are familiar with, um, even though they're working remotely, they have been pretty efficient also. Um, they're still continuing with initial move-in inspections. Annual inspections are canceled, um, but they are still processing um, new RTAs and they're, they're allowing new business to continue um you know and it's uh it's really day by day you know as far as tenant placement are concerned we had to um you know have all of our leasing agents that have families or wives at home um kind of take off and we have uh our guys that live alone that are still working and you know just being extra careful on the showings um pretty much doing everything we can to uh you know to get people out safely um and just make sure that you know once this opens up in the housing offices uh, hopefully, go back to normal. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be able to, you know, pretty much have everything ready um, in all aspects. Um, you know, we've been taking advantage of the downtime as well for, you know, more agent training. We've been making sure that any any of our current listings that we have are ready for any uh, voucher inspections once they reopen. Just make sure that um, we can be as efficient as possible once once and hopefully things get back to normal soon um Hey Jack, and that's pretty. That's
1: yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say you're dropping bombs left and right, and uh, we're not getting a chance to deep dive some of these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just real quick, man. Uh, everything I'm you're doing, doing, like usual, is usual, always above board. And you know, first off, I want to say a big shout out to Jack and his company, at Platinum Realty. They do a lot of our tenant placement. Very super efficient, even when times aren't like this. Um, from handling inspections to getting tenants place, signing leases. Um, one of the things that you brought up early on was virtual showings and safety showings. Now, interesting enough, before all this was going on, I know you mentioned a few times that tenants were starting to become uh, receptive of this idea prior to this. Do you, is this something that you see to continue past, um, like once all this, these bans or whatever the heck you want to call them are lifted, do you see this as a wave of the future of being able to do virtual walkthroughs or live um, video walkthroughs
2: with your some of your tenants? So that's a great question. Um, I think in the past we've been able to do it because they always know they had the option of seeing it in person and any virtual showing that we had to do, were usually done with tenants, you know, moving from out of state um, or with handicap, you know, handicap issues or accessibility issues that they couldn't come and see the properties themselves. Um, It's becoming more and more of a necessity. Um, You know, we've been trying to do is, is, you know, be as thorough as possible on the walkthrough and then have the tenants kind of drive by the property themselves and kind of take a look at the, you know, the exterior, the block, and the neighborhood. Is really the toughest part, um, especially in our market. You know, to sell a property without somebody actually seeing it. Um, you know, it's it, it's a great question. I think I think renters will be more inclined to to commit based on virtual showings as opposed to buyers. Um, so I, I think that you know. Possibly, like technologies like Matterport, and then and you know all these really cool 3D walkthroughs, and and you know I think the quality of the virtual showings is going to have to have to keep going up, Um, you know, to to be able to get people to feel comfortable enough to you know commit based on a virtual showing. Um, If that continues when this opens up, I mean I I think that still remains to be seen. I hope not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it would be it would be interesting to see. And I know uh, Jason and I have been talking to someone that does staging. You know the question is that these virtual continues continue. Does virtual staging make a comeback? Um, and either, even in the leasing world, something else that you brought up, um, and I know we combat all the time in the city is you know doing the lease signings prior to getting down there. Um, and the county's adopted this already that you know you do your lease signing and you can just email it to them. I don't know what we need to do, and I know you would agree, but let's um, let's hope this the city continues these uh, advanced yeah. forward past. Um, has there been any talks from any of the caseworkers or the heads that, you
2: know, this is something
1: that's thick or is it just a day by day basis?
2: Uh, it's really been day by day. Of course, you know, any any of my, you know, any of my clients that I speak to and, you know, let them know how, how we've been signing city leases. That's the general, the general feeling. We all want it to continue like this. It's it's funny. You know, Baltimore City Section 8 has been more efficient, closed and working from home than they do when they're open. Um, so we hope that we're taking note of it. Um, we haven't heard anything, you know, concrete. Um, you know, the case specialists are really usually the last ones to hear about what's going on. So we um, we try and stay in touch with, um, you know, with the head of the inspections department, leasing and contracting, uh, the integrity department to to really, you know, keep an eye out for any for any long term changes. But I think at this point for them as well, it's really just day by day.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you, and I know they're always the last to know, them, but they're the ones that make the world go round. Um, and in the years past, I know we've both been at meetings where uh, they talk about, you know, we're going to make, you know, advances forward. And I really hope some of these things force that hand. Um, it's been a common theme. You know, real estate all across the board is very antiquated. And I think this is a chance for it to move to the future. Um, now, something else I know okay. I heard you say inspections is self-certifications. Um, you know, I don't think enough people utilize them often enough for those that have subsidized housing um tenants you know hopefully this is something that sticks more that they say from here on out if you have five or less items that are non-life safety the only way we're going to accept it is by self-certification um you know i don't want to see anyone lose their job because of less inspections but you know i would hope that it would help people do better quality you know that the inspectors do better quality inspections going forward um has there been any you know what have you heard on the inspection front um, have you heard anything from any of the programs besides just the self-certification?
2: Um, no, um, nothing, Nothing, as I said, you know, Baltimore County, BRHP, um, MOHS, you know, which, or I should say the MDQ inspectors that handle inspections for a lot of these third-party programs like you know, Catholic Charities, Healthcare for the Homeless, um, they're still operating. So what's nice about Baltimore City is usually they only allow the self-certification form for annual inspections, um, now they've been allowing it case by case, of course, but now they've been allowing it for initial reinspections as well. Um, so if you do have a property, let's say that passed, you know, before March 27th when they closed, um, what you can do is, you know, of course it has it still has to be, you know, five to six, seven minor violations. Um, but you can complete a self-certification form, um, submit it together with pictures. It's very important that you have pictures of all of the corrective violations. That's their only way of, of um You know that's their only proof that they have that the work was actually done um they may ask you to send in an invoice for the work if there was any electrical work or or, or violations that may be tough um, for you to actually show them Um, but we have been successful in getting a couple baltimore city properties past inspection um, utilizing these self-certification forms Um, it's extremely efficient it's just really important that if you do if you do go that route just make sure that you have pictures uh, an invoice from from your Contractor, electrician ready um just to make sure that you have everything they need and they can you know hopefully get you the answer they want as soon as possible um but ian like you mentioned we we hope that this continues and you know the 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 quality of the inspections um and inspectors kind of changes um if this policy continues
1: yeah i hear you um yeah, I just hope it's a move to the future, you know. And it's sorry, it's sad that it had to come to this, but you know, there's a lot of good things that are happening out of this, um, and ultimately that it's better for the tenants and the landlords um, in the grand scheme of things. You want to give uh You got any anything else that you want to mention, or you want to give your company a plug?
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I think we I think we really covered it all. Um, Again, for those of you who don't know me, we run a company called Platinum Realty Advisors. We've been in business for about a little over seven years now, uh, working with Ian for probably uh, four or five of those. Uh, We've placed over 5,000 voucher tenants, Baltimore City County and the surrounding areas. Um, Feel free to shoot me a direct message. Um, If you do have any questions, we're always happy to answer any questions that uh, even non-clients have during this time if it's voucher related. Um, And then, of course, if you do have any properties that you'd like lease, we're definitely the guys to talk to. Yeah, man, we appreciate cool. it. Like I said Jack and Jason. Appreciate
1: yeah, it. Uh, no, in, the, uh, in the message so people can see your name and uh you know definitely reach out to Jack. Yeah, Sorry. put
2: your
0: put your stuff in put your stuff in um like Ian said in the messages and we'll uh in this chat and we'll go from there. Appreciate
2: it. We'll do Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. Well.
0: See you. Uh, yeah, Ian, I was going to uh you know, there was a bunch of stuff I was going to <laughs> Go, go through but he went through all of it so darn quick and he's right with it. So I'm going to guess that um, I'm going to guess that tenants in general are probably moving more out of necessity right now than, Hey, I just want a nicer or, you know, different, different location. Um, is that what you're seeing internally as well?
1: Yeah, it, it's definitely a necessity. Um, emergency moves. Those that are downsizing, we haven't really seen any effects granted today's April 1st. So uh, we have, you know, got to process the right. Yeah, everything else. Exactly. Happen, but, um, you know, my, my guess is that uh, it's going to be necessity moving. Uh, we just got back from a property we have out in West Virginia. Same thing. You know, we have a few vacant units out there that we just finished turning over and our property manager out there. Um, he said he still has showings, um, but things are definitely slowing down a little bit as, you know, people starting to see work collapse, um, you know, and there's no... "Quote unquote future," you know. Virginia just extended. Not that I want to get into the whole Corona thing, but you know, Virginia just extended till June 10th, I believe. Um, So it could be real interesting over the next few months. Um, But right now, at that property, our property manager said that he's still able to get showings. Um, and we're able to move forward. So that's, yeah, that's good.
0: We, well, it's interesting. So we had over the last week, we had two calls from existing tenants that had leases expiring and we're planning to, uh, we're planning to move out and both of them asked if we could just do an extension either month to month or a longer term extension, which obviously we're happy with. And I think they're happy with, I don't think at this point that's, you know, a life decision that they want to have to spend time on is where they're going to live if they're already, you know, happily, kind of in a place. So we did lease extensions and, and and that worked. And again, you know, I know a lot of your tenants are in some sort of subsidized program. A lot of uh, I would say about 75% are subsidized programs. Um, we should bring on somebody soon uh, related to that just mostly as retail tenants because I'm curious to see what, what, you know, their stuff is because most of our stuff is paid the first of the month. Uh, obviously, all of our subsidized tenants not none of them have 100 percent subsidized so they have their own contribution that they got to put up but yeah time is going to tell with everything starting this month april 1st uh what happens with uh rent payments we're going to find out what happens with mortgage payments um and you know we'll see what, what the effects are it you know in the, in the in the business and one thing that you mentioned earlier related to you know they're extending stuff into june and in West Virginia on, on that multifamily you guys have is, you know, there's a there's indicators by a lot of people that the DMV is going to get hit pretty hard very soon. Um, you know, close to around East, Easter time, similar to what you know New York's going through, North Jersey's going through, and you know, Philadelphia is close to be going through. And, you know, as we know, in in the Philly, this is not all Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia in general, I mean, a lot of their stuff shut down. I mean, you can't, if you're a real estate agent, you cannot. Uh, list the property the mls is completely on hold if you try to put a new listing in so that's off uh construction is not essential up there like it is down here so you can't do any construction uh down there so all of us are up there i should say so all of all of that makes makes a big difference and as as industries close in general that has a big determining factor of what's to come and obviously time will tell how long and you know we we've talked about this a few times on a few different webcasts, but really, when it comes down to it, you know, the stronger going to survive. Um, you know, either well-established businesses that have you know a good infrastructure in place and have good cash reserves that can weather the storm for a longer period of time. Um, I think most of them are going to be fine. Now, don't get me wrong. There's potentially a, a good-sized dip in the business, but you know, they have a they have a strong shot. The weak are probably going to get um, you know. Wiped out if, if they don't have a lot going and then the medium size or the middle of the road, you know, we'll be we hit our ass.
1: Warren, what, what's Warren Buffett's quote? You know, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming with their pants off. I mean, you know, again, yeah. it's going to be 18 to 24 months until we see, you know, the fallout on uh, the, um, you know, where you're going to see foreclosures and those things, you know, cause we don't know how long this is going to last. Um,
0: Pu- P- possibly. I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of different things. I've read and read a lot of different things. Some are saying that this isn't going to affect as, as much, number one, it's going to be market driven related to what metropolitan area that you live in that, you know, that's obviously, that's obviously a big thing. And that was a big thing, in 08 to begin with, but, but also, you know, one of the things I heard from, um, who did I hear that from the day on CNBC, but they, but they were talking about mortgage delinquencies and, it seemed like you know FH, FHA has starting to have the most mortgage delinquencies because you know the barrier to entry to get into you know a house with FHA financing, you don't need much cash down, credit requirements are are a little easier. Um, those are kind of starting. And then Fanny, Fanny and Freddie, they said, I think one of the agencies had, I don't know, a few hundred thousand calls in this past week. Um, and most of them were not necessarily like, I can't make my payment. It was kind of just asking for advice of like, what do we do in this situation? But, you know, I think as a whole, you know, if you didn't have good credit in general and you didn't have some cash reserves, it was hard to get a mortgage to begin with over the last few years. So they were saying that a lot of their inquiries were from good credit uh, clients and good credit borrowers that eventually will make do. They just need some breathing room right now. They either lost their job or um, they just, it's not in their budget uh, to, to, to make payments and they're trying to figure out work right. out maybe put the money on the back end or something so like something like that if that's the and I'm not saying that's gonna be the worst case scenario but something like that if that's the worst case scenario hey I can't make payments for three months or six months let's just put it on the back end on um, right. my loan like that's a great worst case scenario I'm not saying that's gonna be the case but that would be the best worst
1: Sure, sure but, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take this thing down a different road and you're probably gonna get maybe a little mad at me but you know sure Freddie Fannie, uh what is it gin may or whatever the heck the other one is is you know they're all federally backed money right you know you're talking about the difference between a servicer collecting a payment and whatever institution wrote the money but you know what about the community banks what about um you know the landlords you know that make the little portfolio guys like us that you know have community bank financing and you're saying no evictions right like you have people and assets that you know aren't treating the property right or um not saying is you know there's no legal recourse and you know government just comes in and says boom you know you can't do anything about it and this goes back to why over and over and over again i say you know again you should have some sort of reserve and i know most real estate investors don't because it's very easy to take your capital and continue to reinvest and just say well i'll always be able to print cash you know or i'll always be able to run out that next unit um so that being said it's you know that's, a, that's the scary part out of all this is that they say no evictions. I was just talking to a property manager out in West Virginia, Donnie Fisher, um, and we were discussing it. He said that the attorney general already sent uh, emails and letters to all property management companies and landlords. Basically, more or less, he didn't want to say a threat, but coming out and saying that, you know, they can't believe that anybody would utilize this situation to evict tenants, Right. Um, and with that being said, it's, it's kind of like, well, sure, like it, we're not utilizing the situation to evict tenants, but if there's cases that are going on prior to this whole pandemic that we're going down this road because the renter wasn't right or the borrower wasn't the right person, um, you know, so that, I think that's more what some of the concern is sure. from the operators out there, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, whatever is already in place right now, whatever bad loans, bad tenants, bad, whatever were ridden, written, you know, irresponsible debt that somebody took on themselves. Like that's, that's over. That's in the past. Like that's defense at this point and, cl- and clean up. And you're right. Like if there's a community bank and, uh, and keep in mind, community banks are still very regulated and they still, for the most part, are, have to make as smart as possible loans. But in general, and, you know, in general, uh, you know, if, if they didn't write smart loans, they're fine. Uh, they're, they, you know, for the most part, they'll be, they'll be fine. And if you got too aggressive, um, you know, they're going to run into problems. But, you know, let's be honest, the smart real estate investors, the smart lenders, the smart landlords that have the right debt in place, they have the right tenants in place, they're going to still have issues. Don't get me wrong, everyone's going to have issues, but at the same time, they're going to weather the storm better than everybody else. And that's what this is all about. Like, you know, it is an unfortunate situation, but, you know, let's say you bought a rental property and you got somebody to give you 100% financing or 110% financing, and then your tenant doesn't pay you, and then you can't pay the bank, and then something else happened. Like, it just goes down the line, right? The whole, yeah. supply, the whole supply chain is screwed. And then you multiply that by five properties, 10 properties, 30 properties, it screws you even more. But, like, Again, it's an unfortunate situation, but you know, some of that was irresponsible on potentially on the investors and on the front end, the lenders and on the back end. Like you got to protect everyone's got to protect their best interests, you know, to do the to do the right thing. And again, there's only so much you can protect. You know, let's say you're an investor and you have a, and every property you buy, you buy for a hundred grand and you put fifty thousand dollars into each one and you only have fifty thousand dollars debt debt on it and you have good, good high credit score tenants, you still could run into problems. So it's not like a foolproof, you just do the best
1: case that you can um yeah no I mean I, I definitely agree you know it goes back to your business model um look we could go down this road of all the bad stuff that could potentially happen you know and I think there's enough of that out there should we talk about something that yeah. something good that's happened in your business in the past 24 hours do you have anything because I got something
0: yeah I mean listen I'm very optimistic about I'm very optimistic about everything
1: more, and, and one specific good thing that happened in your business in the past 24 hours that you convert so, it. You mean? I mean, I've got a lot of good things. They happen every day. So let me tell
0: you, in in our business, and I believe in every single person's business. That's that's buying assets today. Who's buying real estate or doing loans or buying something? The asset you buy today is better than the asset you probably bought a week ago. It's that simple. The loans I write today are better than the loans I write a week ago. Now tomorrow, the loan I wrote today might not be as good as they as they will be tomorrow. Um, but who knows? So if I wrote a hundred thousand dollar loan today. You know, we've closed on, you know, we've been closing on loans every day. Still, um, if I closed a $100,000 loan today, chances are I would have lent that exact same borrower, that exact same client, whatever, 110, 120, 130, two weeks ago. And today it's at 100. And guess what? Tomorrow or a week from now, we might only decide to lend 90. So if you're a real estate investor or a lender or anybody who buys assets in, in general, investments in general, the best part about this business model is everything's individual. You do, you do it all. It's just. It, just like buying any anything. You you underwrite it and you and you base it off whatever um you know whatever you know the, the your threshold is and, and what the going rate is today. So, you know, we've written some very, 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 very good loans to a lot of good clients. And you know, we're in interesting times right now. I mean, most any of these institutional lenders have backed out of the game their capital through capital markets, their funding got pulled. So if you have access to private capital or hard money, that's using private capital, like the, those, those are the best. Op- those are the best options. Um, you can tell me in a second. Let me give a high five to Mike Casey real quick. New storage facility, self storage facility locked up. High five, Mike. What's up? Yeah. Um I you know, about something positive that happened today. Besides that, I heard you drove two hours to for some unknown reason to West Virginia.
1: Uh, me? Yeah. No, that was uh that was positive. Um, no, yesterday we uh, – actually, we drove to D.C. yesterday to drop off a closing package and uh, sold a 10,000-square-foot warehouse that we've had. Uh, so that's settled? That's settled, settled? Like settled. You, have money in, you have money in your bank account. We have money in our bank account. Okay. Jim wants to give, give him a shout-out because he thinks he did something in the deal. Meanwhile, me and Dan had to drive down to D.C. But either way, Jim got it done. Yeah. here. on Let me know how nice my double chins look even though we got our money. So – uh, but yeah, no, that's finally done. It, it's good to know that real estate deals are still getting done. I mean, that's the bigger picture of it, that that's a positive, you know? Um, and we have another 8,000 square foot warehouse that we're looking to sell and you still actively got showings on it. So there's still positive activity out there. And that's that's the exciting part in, in everything. You know, it's very easy to look at the neg- negative. Um, and if you just keep looking at the negative, it's just gonna get more and more negative. You know, now's a great time to wipe out social media. Um, hey, the casino's closed. The, the, come on, man. Anyway, but he you know, shouldn't should be driving to begin with. Yeah, no, actually, I got driven today. It was it was exciting. Andrew Tucker took me for a ride, but um, no, it's uh, yeah, well, you I, know, if you the the it, it's easy to go down a negative road, right? Like uh, you know, like what they tell race car drivers when they're going to crash, they don't look at the wall because if they look at the wall, they're going to hit the damn wall, you know um so and now's a good time to look forward keep things moving protect what you have make proper decisions um but keep looking forward you know
0: yeah listen we've talked about it every time we do this i'm very very optimistic now that being said and i'll talk about that in a second but that being said like there could potentially be some a lot worse things coming in the near future uh for what at least their predictions are um and again like that's got to be put into consideration when you underwrite a property or underwrite a project or um, do whatever, have a listing with, you know, have a listing. I was talking to somebody the other day who just listed a property, um, you know, through our buddies at Northrop Realty and, you know, they're unsure if they wanna put it active now or if they wanna wait a few more weeks before put it active um, because, you know, they're uncertain about what what's gonna happen, but, you know, and If there's any agents on right now and they want to hop onto this webcast with us, just uh, chat me or just chat through here and we'll give you the link. But I'm curious a few things of what of what you're seeing related to, you know, it seems like buyers want to buy right now and, you know, sellers haven't for the most part lowered too much. You know, it seems like there's still a lot of activity, but I'm curious for any agents, what you've been doing related to proactively sell properties when you can't get inside them right now, like what your game plan is. Um, and if. If you chat us uh if you comment and i'll send you the link and you and we you can hop on live for a minute with us but in general heck yeah we're optimistic with all with all of this um and and again like another thing we've mentioned if you buy an asset right now if you buy a property right now if you write a loan right now you better be sure that you like that number today tomorrow three months from now six months from now two years from now because for the most part that asset might stay on your books you might still own it um, even if it's a flip that potentially you can't even unload, like, guess what? If stuff goes down and they lock down stuff worse than it is, and all of a sudden construction is not, um, you know, an essential business because construction is not an essential business in Philadelphia. So, we're writing loans in Philadelphia, but we're smart about the way that we're underwriting them, knowing that chances are we're giving ourselves a four month buffer of construction it might not even start for four months. Are we still going to be in a, in a good spot? So, you know, as long as the numbers work, it, it works. And one thing that you know what I love about someone that buys rental properties in general, is you own a property, you buy it today for $100,000, and you lease it out, let's say for a thousand bucks a month, whatever it is, you buy it for a hundred, you lease it out for a thousand bucks a month. Tomorrow, if that property is worth $90,000, it doesn't matter. does It honestly doesn't matter if it goes down to zero in the short term, as long as it comes back up. It just doesn't matter. Like equity is a fake number. It is a fake number. Equity is a fake number until you are ready to trade that property or buy or sell that property. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. Now, if your intent is to buy a fix and flip, and you know construction gets locked down and other stuff happens and you can't unload it quickly, and that's your game plan, you're going to run into problems.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, and that's uh, that's the advantage to everyone's business model. You know, is how you're producing your income. Um, so I. I did see, um, sorry to change gears, I was, I was moving my head to another thought. I was speaking to Jason Schwartzberg from Maryland Energy Advisors. He was actually on a webinar yesterday with uh, a few Goldman Sachs guys, um, and he's gotten a in-depth look at the PPP plan that's coming out, the payroll protection yep. plan or whatever yep. they're working out. Um, he's also working on, uh, he doesn't want to come on the webcast yet. He's definitely going to do one with us, um, to discuss it. He wrote an article. I'm going to pop it in chat. Um, and really breaks it down for a business owner. He had, the reason he doesn't want to jump on yet is he still wants to understand more about the sole proprietor stuff that's available, um, in the forgivable loan so we can, you know, fully discuss it. Um, but there's a lot of good information in his article, uh, what type of leverage you can get, how it becomes forgivable. Um, and uh, you know how you can take advantage of it inside of your business, whether you have a business or a real estate owner or whatever you may be, there, there's a lot of advantages to it. so I'm gonna pop that link up here. Yeah
0: post that. I, I did a lot of research on that and I'm hoping that he'll be on this sooner than later just because I'd rather hear it from him than us Ki yeah, sure based on what our understanding is. but when did he write that article by the way?
1: Uh, literally yesterday I think he did the webinar okay. yesterday morning and then jumped on it. Uh, yesterday, at, or he wrote it yesterday, and then sent it over to me. And he's like, "Take this for a read." And it's a really, really good read because okay. sure, there's banks out there; they everyone's pitching it right now. Um, you know, you got to go through your SBA lender. However, reading it and understanding what you're getting involved in is super important. Um, I know we did go through the process on a few of them just to see what it would take and. Get done now. The PPP is not available yet, and I think that's why there's so much misunderstanding about it right. until Friday. Sunday. Friday, right? Yeah, Friday, and I think and I think it's going to go through till June 30th. But I think until anyone actually understands right. the application process and what's going to roll out um, will help. So we're shooting for Jason early next week um, to jump yeah. on here and, and discuss it. So I think it'd be really, really helpful. So yeah,
0: Chris and I did a lot of research on it today, and our bank reached out to us. Your bank, and I know your bank reached out to you as well, because I think it's. Typically the bank's responsible, not their responsibility, but they want to be proactive to try to roll this out to their clients. Um, so, yeah. we got the, so, we got, so we got the rundown and like I feel like I understand it pretty well, but it'll be good. And things are changing. Like I saw, we've had four edits over the last day. of Oh yeah, this is an edit because it's unknown yet until it, until it happens. But it does seem like um, there'll be a relief for a lot of people. So that'll be good.
1: Yeah. well, And there's also, I believe there's mortgage interest. Well, there's mortgage mortgage payment relief, but I believe it goes against mortgage interest, um, your leases, your payroll, everything and 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 utilities. But I think
0: a payroll has to represent seventy-five percent of it. So all the lease and other stuff can only be twenty five percent. So I think if you have like, you know, one uh one uh let's say you have one employee they pay five they make they pay five thousand dollars a month you paying five thousand bucks a month but your lease is five thousand bucks a month like you're only gonna get a certain
1: portion of your lease you're not gonna get the whole thing right and you're only getting a certain portion forgivable based on how the funds are quote-unquote utilized from my understanding that article does a hell of a job explaining it so yeah
0: you no, i'll take a look at that too because i uh i've been following i've been following along obviously because that's important so all right let's figure let's talk about real quick some essential businesses in our interpretation and then we'll end the call there and we're going to circle back what do we got tomorrow who are we doing tomorrow uh- we
1: on this. I think Andy Tucker um, is going to oh, yeah. jump in? Perfect. Oh yeah, perfect. No, um,
0: so he's he's a good one because like he has to go in properties on
1: a regular basis, and I'm
0: curious to see what he does related to like you know safety stuff, what properties he's allowed to get in, what properties he's not allowed to get in on, um, you know things things like that. Um,
1: and I think um, so, if there's any other contractors on here, and you know you you're doing work inside the homeowners' homes, it'd be great to hear from you guys as well shoot Jason or myself a message and we'll get you the link and you can jump on. Um, Andrew does a lot of work for contractors. So um, is he affected or not? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. So,
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So from what I saw, you know, it was interesting because I didn't think originally real estate was real estate agents and real estate in general was an essential business. You know, on our end, hard money bankers, it seemed like it was because we're a non bank lender. Um, when that original um, announcement came out, but now I'm looking at something from, uh, you know, Maryland realtors from President John Harrison, and he posted, and I'm just looking at this other screen right here related to it. That, um, while real estate not might not be considered an essential business under federal guidelines, um, this does not mean we don't operate business as usual. Um, but they stated that I guess real estate and real estate. In general, like I think, um, from what it looks like, at least that real estate agents are are allowed to be, you know, active, and they're actually, I think, allowed to go into the house. But like Jack was saying earlier, you know, you can't have a homeowner or somebody who wants to buy your house go into the house. The homeowner obviously can can be there, but like you know, if I want to go buy a house and I'm buying a property active, I'd have to rely on my agent to take pictures for me and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, what I've heard from a few people that are actively doing showings. I know um, someone was saying that I'm
0: going to put this link on here too.
1: Yeah, that nobody can have. I was having issues opening that link, Um, but anyway, uh, it seems like that you can't have any overlapping showings. Um, I don't know if they've gone to the extent to not allow you to put up new. uh, No, but I don't
0: think you can show it. I don't think you can home up.
1: I mean, look here. Someone brings up a valid point yesterday, and I guess this is where I get confused. Um, and I know I'm supposed to be helpful in this, but this is really where I'm confused. If title companies are considered an essential business and they can process real estate transactions, then the rest of the real estate model needs to be open. And if and if the rest of the real estate model is not open, then everything else should be shut down, right? Like that's kind of how I view it. So I get it. Banks of financial uh, institutions, um, and they can write. I don't. But I don't, I man. That link, that link didn't yeah, work. It,
0: I had it up. It was it was cached from my system, but it doesn't work now. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, obviously, it's for public safety purposes, and you know they don't want people to come into the house and potentially yeah. take advantage of it. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, one thing is is like for instance, like the property that we have under market, we have on under contract that we're selling. The home inspection got done ahead of time. Right or was done like a week ago before this happened. So the home inspection's done. The buyer's already been to the property. They know what it's going to look like. You know, the only unknown is like final walkthrough for the most part. I'm allowed to get my. Co- it's vacant, so I'm allowed to get my contractor to go in there and fix the inspection items. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, it's just going to be a, a matter of, you know, I guess final walkthrough if they're comfortable with it or not. But I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll see what happens with some of that stuff. I mean, there'll be post occupancy agreements. There's going to be a lot of. Post stuff, but you know, again, stuff will, stuff will just get ex- stuff will get extended. And I'm curious, I really want to get a few real estate agents that are really following this stuff on the horn as well to get their opinion on it. But I'm pretty sure if I'm a buyer of property as of today or as of whenever that was yesterday, I'm not allowed to go into the property at all, right?
1: Because
0: I can't leave, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed, I'm not in central business if I'm just a regular person, so I can't go into the house, I can't leave. Right. Unless
1: uh, for an essential purpose, well, and I, you know, I find it weird that people are putting con- houses under contract virtually. You know, uh, I don't know if it was on here or somewhere else, but someone brings up a valid point. You know, I want—I literally want to smell the house to make sure the house doesn't smell yeah. or, like you walk in and there's like a creepy spirit over your shoulder or something crazy like that. I don't know. You know, uh, I truly don't think that we're in the age of um, virtual buying yet. I believe there's a lot of things that will happen to come forward, um, but if they start shutting these things down and forcing this hand harder and harder and harder, there's not going to be much of a choice. You know, if, uh, unfortunately, business. You know, when you look at the government level, real estate is a big, uh, you know, line item for them—that makes the world go round. Transfer and recordation fees, mortgage stamps, recording fees. There's a lot. Well, that's, of- why that's why they don't
0: want to. That's why they don't want to close everything, and they're right. not closing, and they're not. And they're not closing everything they're doing whatever the safety purposes are to prevent you know so, some of the you know some of the things and that and that's it but i'm i'm willing to bet that come another 10 days construction is going to be on hold too just like philly is if i because i because i'm seeing it in real time up in philly based on you know talking to our clients up there and looking at loans and stuff down uh, up there and they have a much worse case than you know than we do so i think that's going i think that's going to occur um and again it's short-lived and. You know, listen. The whole, you know, if you have to move based on necessity, like real necessity, meaning like you got you're in, you got someone moved into your house and you can't move into the new house. Um, you know, I and I get it, especially with tenants and stuff like that. Like with Jack, you know, I, I'm guessing with Jack, most of his stuff's necessity. It's not like, hey, I don't really like this house anymore. I'm going to go move out. Like you're going to wait a few more months. So, I
1: mean, again, like I don't think this is going to stay forever you know but i think that's a, great, that's a great option for the airbnb operators um that are looking for short-term rentals that you know i think you can get some people figure out how to market to them and say look i know you're you got to move out of your house because you're already closing on it um and you got nowhere to go and you don't want to go out and view houses right now because of this I, You know, i'm willing to rent my house for a short term because nobody's doing short-term rentals anyway so um and are you really finding long-term renters right now probably not you know so i think there's a good viable option you know for somebody right there in the short-term rental space to capture some leads um and offset some of their losses um sure so but uh
0: yeah yeah no i i got you so all right well i mean there's gonna be more stuff that's getting updated as time comes so we'll have to follow up with that but uh, i mean i think in general real estate is and again like everyone's saying you know, it's business as usual. It's not really business as usual because it's slower, and it's like if you don't need to do it, don't do it. You know, obviously that's right. you know that's that's important. Um, so I don't know. I guess we'll see where that goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, Other than that, you know, other companies that are essential, you know, in the real estate world, I, I feel as though if you're in property management, almost everything is essential, especially if it comes down to mechanicals or life safety inside the house. Um, from what we can tell, repairs yeah. are still considered essential because there is a need for people to move um i'm not i would like to read deeper on that blog post title companies are open banks are open um mortgage lenders are open so from what we can tell you know everything seems to be open i think it's still a lot more in your story i i
0: I think if a transaction has to get done and it's got to get done desperately there you have the ability to do it and you know if not but again like listen i don't think someone, I don't know, it's weird because I see so many mixed things on it because then on the other side, every property that I've seen get put under contract gets put on, or get put on the market, gets put under contract, like within a week. Did did uh, uh did Terry's place sell yet, do you know? Uh, I
1: haven't talked I mean, he to
0: got, him. He's got a ton of showings and he's had a I lot of offers.
1: He, lot true, I heard he had a ton of offers. So I, I think you're coming back into, you know, the pent-up demand and the people that truly need to move are out there and looking to move. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, uh, I think with everybody in their houses, the question is, is, you know, do people say, "Oh my God, I got too much house and I don't need this," and I realize my wife has to clean this thing all day, um, or do you get other people who are like, "Holy crap, we don't have enough room in our house," and when the market comes back on, we want to start looking again, you know, like
0: yeah, I, and, keep, and keep in mind, like, you know, if there's not a ton active because there's not, like, we still there's not a ton of properties active, like it's still like, you know, there's still Bidding wars with buyers to try to get into a property. Like most neighborhoods, it's interesting, at least in median housing price neighborhoods. That's what I track the most because those are the types of loans that we do on a regular basis, the median housing neighborhoods. So that's what I'm seeing. But like stuff got like in like Terry said, like there's not much in his neighborhood. So one one came on and everyone wanted in. And if this is the time, they look at it as like, if this is the time I gotta take advantage of it, I'll do it. And on one side of it, it's like, Hey, there's an argument if you just wait a few more months, there might be some desperate sellers that need to sell, and then all of a sudden you get a better deal. And on the other side of it, it's like interest rates are low. This is the neighborhood I want to be in. I, you know, I, the, the the time is right. I don't think sellers are going to sell in the near future unless they have to financially because, you know, one, re- one reason or the other. Um, so who knows? You know, all of this stuff is kind of a guessing game. I mean, the beauty of it is like as things change and adapt in real time you know, we all are knowledgeable enough to take notice of it and try to figure out, you know, the best solution. And, you know, we can kind of end this the way that we started was we're going to continue to be optimistic. And guess what? If I bought a property today and it's worth $20,000 lower tomorrow, well, guess what? I'm going to be optimistic because all of a sudden I got a good price on a deal. And then it drops again. I'm going to be optimistic and optimistic and optimistic. So like that's just a mental mindset. And that's just, (laughs) you know, in general, you know, what everyone should be doing is, you know, if if you look at a project or a loan or a property or self-storage or an apartment building or leasing a property, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever it is that you're involved in, it's, you know, if I'm here, could it go to here? Am I going to be okay? Could it go to here? Am I going to be okay? Could it go over here? Am I going to okay? Like, a, like, we're all going through the exact same things. So I think we just have to make smart decisions. And, you know, I think if, if you're knowledgeable and you're smart and you know, you're confident on the way that you're involved in stuff, it's you're, you're, you're going to win. And every article that I've read, obviously there's some doom and gloom stuff and, and I get that. And I try to stay away from that. I mean, I, I don't want to just be optimistic and not look at the other, the other case, but I, I tend to want to be optimistic and proactive and look on the bright side of things. And you know, every deal that we're involved in, I want to make sure we make the best, most responsible decision. And you're not going to win all of them. It's just not going to happen. Like you're going to have, you're going to have a bad apple. You're going to have some bad deals that you do, but you make a, you make a smart decision and, you know, hopefully it's the right one. And, you know, you, you know, and and the thing is, is, you know, you do it as a long play and yeah, you you do what you you do, what you can with the right, with the right mindset. And hopefully it works out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, As you know, hey that's all you can do is keep your head up keep it rolling keep it moving keep your eye on the eye on your goal make your adjustments you need to protect what you have at home today um protect your business as best as you can i, I think i sent you an article last night that was actually a really good read it, it went over defensive and offensive uh um, yep. type strategies you'd be doing right now um you know and it went all the way down to the doom and gloom let assets go that don't fit your portfolio right now because You know they're going to weigh you down during all this and potentially crash everything you have, um, all the way up to offensive type things and uh, of you know getting capital together and getting ready for what you believe is an upwave. You know, and actually I think that's something we can talk about is you know capital during these times and getting to bankers and private private lenders and those types of things out here. You know, there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of content out there. You know, if you wait if you get through all the crap on social media. There's some really good content out there, uh, Jason. You should share in this podcast. Um, uh, what's his name? Russell Brunson. The one he did on the coronavirus and message the messages you should be sharing and what you should be looking for. That was a really good one. You know, there's a lot of good opportunities you can yeah. do if you make minor adjustments in your business right now. Um, and yeah. you know, no, I, I hate to I use the word, but there's definitely minor adjustments right. you can do to make yourself better um, and ultimately help solve problems for a lot of people
0: yeah and that's that's where it's about that's that's what it's about like we're going to be optimistic like even if you know stuff gets you know real bad you know worse and worse and worse and real bad like hey let's stay optimistic and and we can talk about the money the financing and the funding stuff there's money out there there's always money out there i was reading some articles from uh the private lender private lending association uh that they some blog posts that they put out today and i shared it with our entire team and there's still there's still a lot there's still a lot of capital out in the market the marketplace and smart money smart money is out there um, you know obviously a lot of institutional lenders who wanted to uh, deploy billions you know hundreds of millions to billions of dollars aren't really in the space anymore um, but you know private lenders community banks uh, local banks uh, self directed IRAs hard money lenders that have you know their own capital private capital they're still available. Yeah, the terms might be different than uh, you know you're used to. You know, if someone was used to eight and one or eight and two or ten and one or whatever, it might be higher than that. But guess what? You might be able to buy the property lower. There might be better profit margins right now, so it might end up equaling you know the same thing or, or even working out better. And you know, it goes with it goes with supply and demand. So um, I think it's going to be hard if you're trying to find 100 percent financing right now. I don't think that's going to exist, and it might not exist ever or for a long period of time again. And I don't think it needs to exist. I think there's there's other ways to fund your assets without, you know, with, with you putting skin in the game or doing partnerships with people or figuring out other ways in your capital stack to put up capital maybe with a HELOC and then borrowing bar the rest, things like that. So, my man. Well, let's, uh, we'll circle back. We don't have a time yet for tomorrow's, but it'll be probably early afternoon. Um, you're not working in the fire department tomorrow, right?
1: no i'm uh i'm around i'm off i i it was my vacation and uh i decided to utilize it even though i had nothing going on um just to avoid all the crap at work um andrew will be working up at my house tomorrow so i'll make sure we can get them on you know gotta make sure the work gets done first but we'll get them on and we'll have a quick uh all right hey if
0: if any if anyone thinks they have uh something valuable to share with the community Um, because that's what we are. We're all a real estate investing community between uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and we also have a lot of viewers and followers up in the Philadelphia and South Jersey market. So that's good as well. So if anyone feels like they have something that they can share that will bring value to the community, you know, nobody's selling pitching. There's no gurus involved or any of this stuff. Like we're trying to bring in good, valuable content as we see it in real time. So if you have anything you want to share, feel free to reach out. You can email me at Jason at hardmoneybankers.com or Ian at Equity. Ian at equitywarehouse.com and uh, we'll check you guys live uh, tomorrow.
1: See you guys. Okay.
0: Cool. Until next time.